So in my first homily here at IHM, uh, Father Troy assigned me the leprosy readings. And I'm not sure if he's trying to tell me something. <laughs> um, but as I, was, as I was reading these and, and praying over this, uh, it, it struck me that we can either kind of lean into the leprosy motif or we can kind of shy away from it. And, and more and more I prayed about it, the Lord was saying, lean into it, lean into it. So we're going to lean into leprosy today. Um, so there's two things that I'd like to, to examine with, with respect to leprosy, particularly as it was depicted to us in the first reading today. First is... It was gross. Um, it makes your skin bubble up, uh, and, and ultimately your skin would start peeling off, and you would lose body parts. It was really bad. And as gross as it was, it was also very highly communicable. Um, and that leads to the second thing I want to think about with respect to leprosy, is that because it was so communicable and because they didn't have a cure for it, it was very alienating. Um, when you had leprosy, as we heard in the first reading, you had to go away. You had to let everybody know that you had it, and you had to literally go away. You couldn't live with your family, and most importantly, you couldn't go to the temple. You could no longer worship God properly. So with this uplifting kind of thought in mind of, of leprosy, why is the church asking us to reflect on leprosy today? Well, it turns out that leprosy is an apt analogy for sin. Sin is gross, spiritually. Our hearts become turned into ourselves. The goodness in us literally starts to kind of bubble up and peel away. Our souls become dark. And just like leprosy, sin is very communicable and therefore alienating. It starts, again, with our own hearts. We turn inward. We want what we want because we want it, and we want it now. We choose ourselves more and more. And the more we turn inward and choose ourselves, the more others don't want to be with us because we're selfish. And ultimately, like leprosy, we become separated from our families, from our church, and ultimately from God. So with this, this kind of image in mind of, of leprosy, I wanted to share just a couple of examples to make it a, a bit more concrete. And one example is uh, how I've seen kind of sin work in my own life and, and what it, what it kind of concretely can do. And then another example where um, I, I saw somebody trying to step through some of this alienation. So first I, I think back to a time uh, when my now grown children were, were very young and they still were happy to see me come home. <laughs> So you'd walk in the door and you have these, you know, bubbly faces, just daddy's home, you know, and, and giving you a hug. And, and it was just beautiful and, and it was light and, and it was just wonderful to come home to. But sometimes I, I was tired or I'd had a bad day uh, and something would happen. And I would snap and I would bark or I would criticize or I would yell. And I immediately could see that my failure to be patient, to choose to, to let it go, started to turn this bright, bubbly time into darkness. And my kids would be like going away. They'd, all right, I'll, if dad's going to be that way, I'm going to go back to my room. And they did. It was alienating. And my wife would do the same thing. Everybody goes off into their own corners because dad couldn't be kind. 
So that's one of the examples of how I saw it working out in my life. I see this pattern. But I also had a time where I was um, at a prayer meeting with a friend of mine, and we were leaving. And we were both getting into our cars. And when I get into my car, I have the next goal in mind. Even if I don't have to be somewhere, I have to be there, and I have to be there now. And so I get in my car, and I'm kind of impatient to leave, and my friend's in front of me in his car, and I, I see him kind of stop, kind of by the exit. And I can't really see exactly why, but as I'm kind of impatiently going around him, because he's blocking the driveway, I see he's talking to a homeless person. And so I asked him the next time I saw him, did that guy ask you for money? What, what, what was going on there? And he said, oh, oh no, he, he didn't ask me for money. I just saw somebody, and he looked like he needed somebody to talk to him. So I just talked to him for 10 minutes, maybe 15. See, he saw the leper. He saw someone in need, and he tried to break through that alienation. It was very beautiful to me. So I think we can reflect, in, again, on these patterns in our lives, and we can see both the, the, the good and the bad of, of this leprosy and this analogy, and particularly of our own sin. And I encourage us to do that because... We have to reflect on our sin in our lives because if we don't, then we won't recognize it. And if we don't recognize it, we can't address it. Having said that, there are, there are two things that I think we need to avoid um, when we address our own sin, when we start examining ourselves. And there are two things that I do quite frequently. One is to explain it away, to rationalize it. Now, I'm a lawyer, and so I'm pretty good at this. Uh, I can articulate with perfect logic why what I did or didn't do was, particularly, was completely justified. But the problem with logic is if you have an underlying premise wrong, then even though your logic is tight, you're still going to end up with a wrong result. So the other thing that I do, though, when I don't explain my own actions away, is I endlessly beat myself up. And I tell myself the things that the devil wants to tell me. I'm no good. It's all my fault. I'll always fail. Again, both of these are not the right response when we're examining our lives and our sin. Because, first of all, we can't ignore our sin. We can't explain reality away. And last time I checked, we are all sinners in need of a Savior. That's our reality. And if we think we haven't sinned, we need to dig a little bit deeper. But our sin, as, as disfiguring as it is, as much like leprosy it is in our own lives, it's not who we are. As St. John Paul II said, we are not the sum of our weaknesses and failures. We are the sum of the Father's love for us and our real capacity to become the image of his Son, Jesus. So we know leprosy is, is like sin in our lives, and, and we don't want to do it. We want, don't want to be the leper, but what do we do about our own personal sin? Is it a matter of more effort on our part? If, if, if we do 10 more push-ups, will we be holy? If we say four more novenas, uh, will we become a saint? If we read the right book or pray in the right way, will we be saved? I mean, these are all ways that, that I've often thought of combating my sin. I just need to do more. And our culture actually encourages this kind of response. Be self-reliant. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And as good as prayer is and, and novenas and reading good things, these are all good things. 
That's not how we get through this problem, though. Relying on ourselves is how we get into sin in the first place. We can't approach God with a transactional mindset. God, I'll give you this if you give me that. We need to recognize, first of all, our inability. Only when we recognize our weakness can God enter into our lives. So recognizing that we can't do something sounds like we have nothing to do. But that's not it either. And the leper in today's gospel shows us the right, right approach. He abandoned himself to Jesus. He went boldly to Christ and begged for healing. He said, if you will it, you can make me clean. He wasn't clean before he came to Jesus. He came in all his messiness. He came knowing that nothing he himself could do could make him clean. But he believed Jesus could do the work. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched him and made him clean. And we, we can't miss the intimacy of that moment. The leper was alienated in every way possible. And none of that mattered to Jesus. He touched the one who was literally untouchable. This is exactly the disposition that we need. We need to approach Jesus in our messiness. We don't wait until we haven't sinned. That day won't come, unfortunately. We need to beg him to heal us from the wounds that we have suffered and the wounds that we've created in our own lives, knowing that we cannot white-knuckle our way to salvation, trusting, like the leper, that Jesus does will to make us clean, to make us whole, and allowing Christ to touch us, to be intimate with us. That is our work. And the privileged place where we get to do this is in the confessional. I heard recently that confession is like an exorcism. We, we come in burdened with all of the things, enslaved to all the things that are not of God, and we beg God to remove them, to exercise them from our life. And our job is simply to show up and ask God to do the work and trust that he will do it. And we also have a beautiful opportunity as a community to reflect on this, this leprosy analogy as we celebrate our 75th anniversary as a parish. How have we sought to approach those we perceive as lepers in this community? How can God's healing touch cure the alienation of our brothers and sisters in this community? And how can we participate in that? We are not here by accident. We're here for a purpose. We're here together. One of the things I've, I noticed yesterday I was coming in is we had, a, we had a good number of people for confession. But Father Troy and Father David uh, were telling me that, boy, you know, they just don't have anything to do. And so they'd love more people showing up in confession. But it's a good thing we can do as a community. So I'm going to leave you with one final thought. Because reflecting on our own sin can be, can be difficult. But the devil's message is that there is no hope and it's all your fault. But the good news of Jesus Christ is exactly the opposite of that. Despite our failings, he tells us, have hope. Despite our fault, he came to take our fault and to re reunite us with God. Like the leper in today's gospel, let us approach him boldly and, that, and trust that he will make us clean.